Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me tonight on the Above180.com podcast is Vernon Peterson. Vernon is part of the Lodge Lanes 2 team of Orlando, Florida. As we all know, they set the record last year in Reno at the USBC Open. Also joining us tonight is Mike Jasnow. Mike is a USBC Silver Certified Coach as well as a PBA Champion and the Bowler's Journal Top 100 Coach as well and has done well over 9,000 video analysis lessons, including two of yours truly. Mike and Vernon, I want to thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, pleasure being with you. Thanks, Tim. Okay, guys. Well, great. Well, the USBC Open pattern, the Nationals pattern, was revealed today, so I thought who better to have on then the Eagles team winner, Vernon Peterson, and Mike Jasnow, uh, who's running at Lane 81 up there. So, guys, uh, Vernon, first off, you watched the show today, this afternoon on, on Bowl TV. What were your initial thoughts of the pattern for team? Uh, with that little longer pattern, I was a little scared at first, but with the, then when you see that number, it makes you really think, but then you really look at the pattern. The volume isn't as long as even or as much as even the singles and doubles. So... You're going to have some friction there. Ball is going to hook, but just got to be careful of not to use too much ball or even too much surface. Like uh, last year, even I mean, there was a couple teams that used way too much surface and got themselves in trouble. And Mike, you I were agree a part. With that. Yeah, Mike, you were a part of the show. So your initial thoughts were, were kind of the same. We all were watching it and thinking, "Wow, 43 feet. This is this might change where people have to play on the lane." But then, Mike, what did you see when you guys went down there and threw the balls? Well, and, you know, same first impression, when I saw the patterns, I tried to look at it with a really broad brush, and I thought, okay, 43 feet, that's going to scare a lot of people, thinking, I already can't get a hook at Nationals, what am I going to do, if it's the longest pattern ever? But then, as Eric Pearson explained it to me, and I saw what happened in the lane, the end of the pattern's a little bit more tapered. So, you may actually see a little bit more back-end reaction than you saw last year, even though it's a longer pattern, and I think the lighter volume will help with that. But I completely agree with Vernon that I don't think this is the type of pattern where you need, you know, for most people, unless you have an extremely high ball speed, I don't see you needing like a really, really, like a charcoal-looking ball to burn something in. And especially on a lighter volume, you don't want the head oil to go away too quickly. So I agree. It's not, you know, uh, not a condition where you have to use really aggressive equipment and really dull equipment for, for most bowlers. I know a lot was made of, of teams and having to work together and, 
And um, would you say, Mike, in your opinion, is that something that this year is still going to be necessary to get the ideal carry? Or will people be able to kind of, you know, kind of play their own part of the lane, so to speak, and they'll, they'll be able to hit the pocket the entire day, in your opinion? Well, I think it's going to be kind of similar to last year. And, Vern, you guys won, so you can chime in on this when I'm done. But last year's pattern, I don't think you had to build it. It was nice from the fresh. And what I mean by that is, and I see this on Lane 81 all the time, too, last year's pattern and this year's pattern, with nobody bowling on it, I can see that I have three to four boards in my break point in the pocket. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I mean, I used, like, a low flare arsenal last year, set the low differential with some, a little bit of surface to try to not burn it up too much, but to play a little straighter, control the back ends. And anytime you bowl any team event on a fresh, and we even did this at our state events, Last because four of us pulled together, the same idea. You you still want to work together as a team and break them down. I mean, even you right. got a high rev plate trying. He starts an arrow left to you. I saw that in years past that it's just going to tear a lane up. Correct. I think the important thing there can be a little wiggle room in the heads as far as actual location laterally, but I think at the break point, whether you're a high rev guy or a lower rev guy, even on the same team. You should be within three, four boards of the break point. You might get there a little bit different angle, but I think when the break point is fairly similar, you know, from different lines, when they break down, they break down a little bit more effectively for all. I think this panel, like last year, it's not so much that you have to work to burn something, but you have to work together to manage what you're doing. I think it would be a better way to look at it. Do you agree, Vern? I agree 100%. I mean, you definitely got to manage that break point. And I think the biggest issue is going to be the carry with that length because you don't have the volume to kind of match up to it. But right. it's going to, the carry is just going to be tough to try to control the break point to get the carry. I think, like you said, I agree with you 100%. You're going to have a little more back end, I think, than last year. So you'll have that two to three boards, maybe four boards at the break point. But just trying to, as the stadium is, is trying to knock down the 10th ends can be tough in that place. One thing I did notice in watching it, it looked like for this pattern your miss looked to be to the right. It didn't look like there was much hold area. Um, Mike and, and Vernon, even your thoughts, do you guys think maybe you can take some plastic and, and build a little bit of hold area down the middle, or is that something you really don't even want to want to attempt or, or try to do during your practice? I watched people do it last year, and I was not totally impressed with it. I mean, we didn't do it in the hold area by, you can create by your angle more than anything. I mean, and I was actually, we created a, some good amount of hold, and like I said, I just kept changing balls and trying to stay in the same area and just move, move a little bit to the left. The biggest thing is just not try to make big jumps in too quick in either pattern, really, I think. Yeah, and I agree. Um, I think last year the hold was already there. You didn't have to build it. And I think trying to build it when it's already there could be detrimental. <laughs> You might all of a sudden think, oh, now I can't get my ball to finish. That's too much carry down. Um, possibly that might be a strategy in the singles and doubles because there is less hold on that. But then again, do you really have time to create hold with the, the limited practice you get? Well, exactly, and that, that leads to the singles and doubles pattern, which is 40 feet, 
And and uh, like you said, it seemed like it's it's a little more volume than what we saw last year. And in fact, some of the guys are saying how they wanted they were surprised at how much the singles and doubles actually hooked for a lot of folks. And, and you got to remember, there's more games being bowled cumulatively now. More games being bowled on that pattern. So Vernon, what do you think of the singles and doubles pairs? Well, I mean, I I had trouble with the single and double pattern last year. Our pair wasn't too forgiving. I mean, JJ bowled unbelievable to have the all of us lead when we left. But, I mean, our right lane had a big tank spot last year, but I think we jumped in a little too quick last year. And I think the same thing this year. You're going to try to – you probably want to stay to the right and just try to stay in that zone, even maybe balling down. I mean, kind of like – that's what I did kind of last year in the team event. It's kind of the same idea. You got to – was it 40 feet? I think you got even more volume. So, I mean, I kind of think, you know, kind of play similar to team event last year from what I'm seeing. Yeah, from what I saw, and keep in mind, the pattern was released yesterday. We got to watch bowling for about a half an hour, and it wasn't teams, you know, so until the tournament gets going and we see how they really break down over the course of an event, it's hard to be real specific and precise. But that being said, I think there will be a little bit more hold in singles and doubles this year than last year. The, the tough part for a lot of bowlers in the singles and doubles last year, in my opinion, was on the first, they saw that hook and wanted to move left off of it, and then they saw more hooks, so they moved more left, and then they saw more hooks. And, you know, if that happens, you need to think, like, huh, maybe that's not the right direction. And I I do agree with Vern that I think, you know, the break point, and even at the arrows, has to be a little bit to the right on that type of pattern, and you have to be patient enough to let the hole develop. It's not there on the fresh last year or this year. So I know, Mike, I was talking to uh, to a guy about the, the stadium in general, and one of the things that he gets his group of folks to do and, and work on this throughout the year is trying to keep their hands soft and, and really just, you know, roll the ball and, and keep their hands really soft through the release. Do you notice being at the stadium there with Lane 81 that that is something that works there all the time, or is that just something when they put out a little tougher of a pattern that it seems like you need to do that? Or do you even do you agree with that statement, and Vernon as well? I completely agree with that, a hundred percent. And it's not just at the stadium. I think any tougher pattern, sports shots, if you grab it at the bottom, and hit up on it, you should expect to see early hook and go through the nose. Okay, that's I, I agree with that shot. You know, I mean, and, you know, I, if you hit up on it that badly, you deserve to have a hook early and go through the nose. <laughs> I mean, I agree hundred percent. And like I, over the years, I bowled at stadium. I just think to score the best there, realistically, the break point's got to be to the right. If on most patterns there, I mean, to yeah. really have a chance to score. I think that's going to be a little bit confusing to be able to see the forty-three length and team event thing. Uh oh. If I use that rule of 31, uh, that means my big push should be just inside that marker down the lane on the 10 board. Well, from what I've seen, if that ball at the break point on the fresh is less than about 9 or 10, it's probably going to go high on the fresh. So, I, you know, when there's a little bit more back-end motion, you have to allow for more back-end motion. And, again, this is tentative statement because I haven't seen a lot of bowling yet, but tentatively, I, I'd say you want your break point somewhere between – probably five and eight down the lane on the fresh. And it might be the same on, even though they're different patterns, the breakthrough area could be similar on both. 
Yeah, it seemed like watching the guys throw, and, and there were a, a mixed bag of folks that, you know, from less hand to more hand, left and right. right. It seemed like, um, and Mike, you were there, so it seemed like people did not have a problem getting the ball back. It seemed like, um, if anything, if they Correct. missed a little bit left, it was it was going through the face. And in my opinion, the last two years of the stadium, 2011 and last year, there was room to miss to the right. I think a lot of people just can't even believe that you can miss right at Nashville and have it come back. <laughs> and the people that say, oh, my God, there's so much hang, are probably sliding way left of 20, trying to have a break point at four, which does not work on these patterns. No. <laughs> no. I agree, and it goes back to that soft hand, too. I mean, you see guys with a yes. soft hand, I mean, they created quite a bit of room on that pattern. I mean, even watching on the, the live streams throughout the whole thing, I mean, it was... It was pretty impressive watching some of the guys get the balls back from an arrow farther right than you'd expect it would. And you need that soft hand to get through the heads to conserve the energy. If you grab it, it's going to hook early, and you don't see the back end because it started hooking already. And, and Mike, how do you think the oil breakdown and the oil, uh, you know, as, as things progress? Because... You know, we all know that team. You know, you kind of you need to have it all three games. You need to, usually the way the good you know the good teams are the teams that win, like Vernon's. Is you start with a, a nice you know say a nice eleven hundred, and then you build your way up to that twelve hundred and twelve fifty, your last two, and and go from there and see how many strikes you can throw for your last game. How do you think the oil this year is going to break down? I know last year there was a lot of concern with the fire and and uh, using the ice oil and that sort of thing. So what what are your thoughts this year? I think it'll be similar. Um, the ice oil. You know, when they came out of that last year, it really was confusing to me because I'm so used to watching ball motion here at the stadium. And I saw things last year I'd never seen in my life. And I had to kind of process it. I mean, there were some good teams last year in team event, 10 on a pair, and some decent, decent red rates. Nobody had to move for eight or nine frames. I'd never seen that before with 10 on a pair. So, you know, I think that that will hold up well. I do think there are multiple angles that will work especially more on the fresh. The trick is going to be what happens end of game two into game three, dependent, you know, dependent on where you started. And that's what remains to be seen is what is the best plan of attack. Do we start out between kind of maybe six to 10 area, maybe between second and third arrow. My gut feeling is on the fresh, especially in team event and actually second of the doubles for that matter also is there may be something found inside of third arrow or around fourth arrow on the fresh. I just don't see that developing correctly to get the scores needed to be at the top of the leaderboard in games two and three. Like that, I think with the ice oil, it, holds, it held up so good last year. I mean, even singles and doubles, I mean, we jumped in a little too quick, but it still it held up. I mean, it was you weren't really launching it of the gutter caps like years past. It's just the whole right. idea is, I think, trying to stay far enough right and even ball down or just trying to, like I said, don't jump in too quick. I mean, Tim, you had mentioned as working as a team together to build a shot. I think more importantly is working as a team to build a shot is working as a team. You don't only watch your ball reaction. You watch everybody else's. Where are they crossing at the arrows? What's their angle through the heads like? Where can they get the break point to? What's too far? What's too, too far out, too far in? You can learn a lot by watching your teammates. And that's how the good teams really perform year after year. They're watching every single ball going down the lane. And they're making adjustments and their communication is going. So, Vern, like your team, if somebody goes up and they throw a good shot and they leave a 4-9, or 
you can bet your ass you're coming back and telling everybody. I think it's time oh, to yeah, move. Definitely. And if and if your teammates say, "Hey, no, you missed in a couple boards," okay, I didn't see that, but thanks. That might be time time to move. But if they agree that was a good shot, they're hooked. They probably have to move also. Oh, definitely. I mean, communication is the key. I mean, I know years past. I mean, I've missed a couple moves, and now being with these guys, last year, well, obviously showed in team event. It just the year before we did pretty well. Um, we were leading team offense when we left, but it just communication is the key to any team. If you're going Baker, USBC, Collegiate, the best teams that communicate, I think, are teams are going to be at the top consistently. Well, great stuff, Correct. guys. Final question for for both of you guys is, what do you think the scores are going to be this year? You don't have to give me a number of what's going to win that sort of thing. We're not really that. But are they going to be higher than last year, lower than last year? And and um, and what do you think moving forward with that? Well, I hope there won't be some record. I'd like to see that banner up there at least one more year. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I honestly think team shouldn't have scored again. I mean – that's a lot of pins. I mean, even watching last year, I mean, there's a few teams that made a run at it, but can you get to 3,500 again? I would say, I was, like I said, maybe, I would say it might, should be a little bit lower from what I'm seeing with that lighter volume, but the longer pattern, because that, that 43 foot is going to make it a little tough for a carry, I think, the most. Singles and doubles, I think, should be a little bit higher than last year. You want to take 1450 for doubles and not even 800 for singles. I think, I think um, with the was it less people on the pair and single doubles, you bowling on the fresh. Team uh, doubles should jump up, I think, a little bit. I think really singles, somebody should get to eight hundred on that. I think for singles. You know, I agree. I think their scores will come up a little bit in the minor events and singles and doubles. Team event, just from the lighter volume, there might be more moves in game two and game three that you have to keep up on. There might be a, a surface change needed or a ball change needed that. You didn't have to do last year because the volume helped you last year with, with the hold. So it might be a little bit more tricky, like I said before, to manage uh, really high scoring team events. So, I, you know, and I'm a little more, more old school. I, I remember the national tournament that, you know, if you shot 1900 for all of it, hey, great tournament. And now it's like, oh my God, I got beat by 300. So personally, I like the scores a little bit lower. I know people don't like coming to nationals and shooting bad scores. But you have to remember, everybody's on the same playing field, same condition from the start to the finish. Um, I think the scores will be good. Yes, these are sports shots, but in my opinion, they are extremely playable and I'll even say fairly easy sports shots. Yeah, I was That gonna... being said... Yeah. You have to bowl well to score well, and you should not expect to score well if you don't bowl well. Yeah, that was what I was going to say is because we're we're at the you know 2.8, uh, the minors pattern is 2.89 to 1 ratio. We all know that it has to be under that 3 to 1 ratio, and, and team is 2.65 to 1 ratio, which, again, is slightly below that. So um, I think you guys are probably right on with, with your scores, and I think a lot of people like leaving the Nationals. If if they don't you know if they don't shoot a, a big number a, a 34, 30, you know thirty four and a half saying look if 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 I'd have made that one extra spare game and I'm you know as a as a cumulative you know team of five guys if they miss six or eight opens and shoot thirty two hundred that gives them hope for next year that they can say well look if we make our spares we're shooting close to thirty three hundred or possibly catch a double here or a double there so I think you know in, in the in the you know in the eyes of everyone hopefully everyone 
can come away happy. And then the USBC feels like they've done their job because they've let the bowlers go out there and make good shots too. So, uh, One more point. You brought up an excellent point as if they make their spares. You know, how many teams I say, how'd you bowl? Ah, we, 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 the lanes were tough. How many spares did you guys miss as a team? Oh, I don't know, 25. What? That's 250 <laughs> pins. <laughs> so yeah, so that's quick. another thing. When, when you guys come out for, for the event, if you do the side, like the practice downstairs, or you take a lesson with me, or you know, you get to bowl on the pattern at home, don't just throw first balls. Throw spare shots. You know, sometimes when I did the team practices a few years ago in uh, Albuquerque and Vegas, I made everybody shoot their spares after about 10 minutes because that's what happens in the tournament. If you get on the pattern and throw first balls only for a half an hour, yeah, they can get really nice, but that's not reality in the tournament. The first ball in my bag is my spare ball all the time, and I usually try to throw shoot at least one tenth and one seventh when I'm warming up just to get loose and to check the corners and just make sure that I, I have no doubts about those, like the corner pins or even other spares. Exactly, guys. Right. And that's why you win a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining me. I know um, Vernon is just finishing up a league, and, and Mike had a very busy day today. But thank you, guys. I'm going to be calling on you guys again here as, as the tournament you know, gets cranking next month and um, continued success. And, and uh, we'll be watching you, know, watching you Vernon, on the, uh, on the webcast as that, that was announced uh, as well this week. And, Mike, uh, like you said, make sure you guys stop in. Do the team with you guys. You want a lesson? Go up to lane eighty-one. You know, I've done a couple of them, and, and Mike has never kicked me out. So um, we've always. <laughs> it's, it's, Mike is definitely worth the money. I mean, it's it's definitely worth the warm up. That's for sure. Exactly. Thank you. It's great, and it's um, it's great practice, and it helps you get 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 lined up. And and uh, and the coaching by Mike is just uh, you know. When Mike's showing you videos from, uh, you know, from the guys of, you know, Chris Barnes to Walter Ray to, you know, basically you name the pro and Mike's Mike's worked with them, so uh, great great stuff up there, um, and uh, and guys, again, thank you for joining me tonight, um, and we'll do this again. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it.